You know, as different as everything seems this holiday season, one thing still holds true year after year. Everybody loves holiday scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. And with tickets available from $1 to $20, they're the perfect gift for anyone on your list 18 years or older. So stay safe this year and play it safe with your gift-giving. Give scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. You know, as different as everything seems this holiday season, one thing still holds true year after year. Everybody loves holiday scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. And with tickets available from $1 to $20, they're the perfect gift for anyone on your list 18 years or older. So stay safe this year and play it safe with your gift-giving. Give scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. He's the man who would be Taoiseach. But how would Micheál Martin lead Ireland in the time of coronavirus? In this week's Sunday Independent, the Fianna Fáil leader sets out his stall in an exclusive interview. Sean O'Rourke gives his first interview since announcing his retirement from OTE. Plus Kira Kelly and Colm O'Rourke on the Leaving Cert debacle. And in life, Maura Duran on keeping the nation entertained in a time of crisis. The Sunday Independent. Real stories worth paying for. In print or subscribe at independent.ie. Another sermon coming at y'all from 12 Ounce Sports, Zingo TV, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Radio, Spotify, anywhere else you can listen. Hey, Rashad, what's going on? Man, it's a good day, man. We got the NFL draft in what less than an hour. Yes, sir. We got Last Dance debuting this past weekend. More episodes to come up, man. So we had a little little downtime, but sports is uh is finally back. So let's let's get to it, man. Definitely. I kind of want to start off uh, with Draymond Green and uh, his, uh, his what, interview with the All Smoke podcast with Stephon, ja- uh, Stephon Jackson and um, Matt Barnes. Uh, is it All the Smoke or All That Smoke? All the Smoke. All the Smoke. And uh, I kind of want to, you know, talk about him. And he was also with uh, Mav Carter them earlier. So he'd been quite a – he'd been doing his little due diligence, right? We might well call him up too. Um, but anyway – he talked about Kevin Durant, uh, about the whole situation. Um, before we get dive deep into you d- into it, what what, what are your thoughts about uh, you know the the turmoil between Kevin Durant and Draymond? Um, it, it, do you think that's a one one of the biggest reasons he did leave, or or did it was more something else? I'm pretty sure the Draymond thing was kind of like the the nail in the coffin for the most part because Golden State they were winning. Um, but Kevin had kind of said winning didn't fully satisfy him like he thought it would. And then when you think about just that aspect, the media always trying to divide him from the team, Kevin Durant and the Warriors, or, oh, these rings are tainted. He joined a 73-9 and nine team. So I think all those elements combined with Draymond kind of in that huddle blowing up saying, hey, we don't need you. We won without you. And then Kevin has come out on the same podcast with Matt Bourne and Steven Jackson, all the smoke. And his interview, I think it was episode 14, 15, he was on one of those. And he was kind of saying how when that happened, the team never really addressed it. It was just swept under the rug. Nobody, you know, him and Draymond talked it out, did their thing. But as a whole, the organization, you know, the roster, they didn't talk it out. So I think at that point, he started to distance himself from everybody. And it was kind of right on the wall at that point. Yeah. Uh, the The big thing about it, he was saying – that if Kevin Durant really wanted to stay in Golden State, that he would have just went to the general manager and said, hey, I want to come back, uh, but Draymond Green, he has to go. And we so we saw the arguments between Durant and Draymond on the court and, uh, you know, calling the B-word and all that stuff like that. And you know, everybody knows how Draymond Green is, so, you know, it's kind of a question about, okay, you know who he is, you know he kind of brings the heart and soul to the team. But what Draymond said that, 
and he was like, I understand that I'll probably be the one to go because he knows Kevin Durant is a, is a superstar. That is his team, basically, as far as, um, you know, make, making the team unbalanced and unfair. Uh, but we, you mentioned before, you said that if Draymond Green was traded, it in general, what he's saying is true. But when Draymond getting traded, that the Warriors probably wouldn't have been the same. Yeah, we were talking about it off air. So, in theory, you would say if the if the best player on the team wants me traded, automatically I'm out of there. So, in theory, you would you would think that, but that's not how it would work. Just because Kevin Durant is already, I mean, the NBA always has a feeling. It was LeBron James for a little while, and then it became Kevin Durant. So the NBA always has a villain. So he was the quote unquote villain at this point by going to the Warriors. So why would he make himself even more of a villain by trying to request or not to request, go demand (laughs) Draymond be traded like that. That just doesn't jive with Katie's personality either. He's just so let me roll out the bed, brush my teeth, throw off the clothes, go hoop type of dude. He's, he's never been that kind of guy that would just go demand stuff from management. Cause if he wanted to do that, he would have demanded OKC get more shooting for him because, you know, he said before Russ, you know, him and Russ were the only two players, but KD was the only shooter once James Harden was traded. So, you know, yeah, you had Kevin Martin, Deion Waiters, but those guys aren't just going to be getting you buckets like uh, Steph and Clay are. Right. So that doesn't vibe with his personality. I'm going to go demand a trade. And then depending upon who you trade, Draymond too, that's going to control how what you get back on the roster, how you're going to restructure the roster. Because Draymond does stuff that doesn't show up in the stat sheet, and what he does defensively is it's off the charts, honestly, for what he does for that team. So, I mean, it would have just turned a locker room into a, a KD versus everybody else. So why go through all that? Just go ahead. You know, he came back. He risked his his health and his career to try to you know, win a championship. He shouldn't have done that. <laughs> so he risked his own self for that. So they yeah. can't hold any ill will towards him. But he did the right thing. I'm going to make my exit. And, you know, I think he still did consider them at the end, but it was just like, bridges burnt. I'm going to go do my own thing on the East Coast with Kyrie, somebody who he considers a friend. So I think he did the right thing. But, yeah, Draymond's just going out on the little, little media tour right now during quarantine. And, you know, he, he's getting some some shots off. But I don't, I don't think KD's really paying any mind at this point. But do you, do you think it's warranted, though, like the shots that he's taking? I mean, because, I mean – I'm not gonna say that the Warriors begged him to come, but you know they told him, "Man, you come over here, we come, you 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 can win." And you wasn't winning OKC. Yes, you had a down three one, but at the end of the day, you know Curry versus Russ, you know with with Clay and with me, you know it starts speaking to Draymond is is a, is a different beast. Beast, and I, I mean Kevin Durant is always that guy that's like he's so up and down. You never really know what you're gonna get from him on a day to day basis as far as like media and personality and stuff like that. So. Uh, but I, I can understand Draymond's and Clay's frustration throughout the whole season because you're talking about every single day they're asked about the contract. They're asked about Kevin Durant. They're asked about this and this and that. And Draymond, not Draymond, but KD, the only one that's saying, oh, I don't know right now, I don't know right now, why Draymond and Clay are saying, yeah, we want to come back, rewards for life. So I, I guess that, that started it all, I think, all off. And then, like, I feel like maybe Draymond's like, you really don't appreciate us because – we have to be champions. You know what I mean? It's kind of like it's, it's a little, it's probably a little taste to it. Like, come on, bro. Like, you really shouldn't be doing like this to us when we helped you win a championship. Well, I disagree. Like, from the media perspective, to me, KD, he does his job. Like, he's not really – everybody's not going to be Michael Jordan or LeBron James with the press. That's just not everybody. Right. Like, KD, KD's more of a – let me just hoop. Like, I, I will answer your questions. I'll take your questions and everything. Right. But for the most part, he just wants to go out and be a hooper. Um, but when he does do interviews, he's always, in my opinion, he's candid enough as far as, like, he'll give you enough to kind of get a headline off or, you know, he's like, you know who I am. Like, he'll give you something to kind of at least do your job and get a headline off or whatnot. So, I mean, the whole Clay Draymond thing, yeah, they want to be awards for life. That's what you were <laughs> drafted. That's the team you, you know, you had your success with. And, of course, y'all have made all-stars and all-NBA, so y'all can get max money from here. Of course, y'all want to stay. Mm. But... Yeah, they they went and recruited KD. So, to me, you knew you know what comes with that. When you recruited this guy to come here, you knew, all right, well, at some point, he's only signing a one plus one. So, at some point, we're going to have to deal with the issue of is he going to stay or not. 
And plus, what he what he was trying to do on his own end, business wise, is you have to do so many years on the one plus one to even get to like your tenure, so you can get your own match with that team. So maybe he was angling towards that, but when you when you guys go fly out to this Hamptons to go meet with him and get him to come to your team, you have to accept that he may leave or we're doing this to help us win. He helped y'all win two more. He tried to help y'all get a, get another one. Towards Achilles I mean, you, in the process, yeah. You really can't be mad at the guy for for doing any of that. You know, yeah, y'all want to be here for for Warriors for life and all that kind of stuff, but you can't try to put that same thing on him. Just play the season out and see what happens at the end of the season. I mean, look at other guys like Le- LeBron. Like he's played with that over his head three, four times. The first time, it, the first time in Cleveland. Really, the last two years of Miami, because if they didn't win in 2013, they could have probably broke up then, but they did break up in 2014. He went back to Cleveland, and he left again. So, you know, LeBron has played with it over his head multiple times, so I don't see why other teams feel like they're obligated to have an answer. Like, KD's business is his business as far as, like, his contract situation, what he wants to do right now. The season's going on. Focus on that. Let's get the job done. We'll handle the offseason when it gets here. Yeah. It's also the thing is, like, I left. I left a good home before. You think I leave this one too? Like so, you you couldn't be shocked about it. And I I think I think Draymond just rather have them kill the noise, versus because you know kill the noise instead of instead of it being a topic every day. I, I guess that can, that can be frustrating over and over again when you don't know the answer. You know, especially see, if you, you don't know it. But see, that's what gets guys in trouble. That's how it backfires and and people turn on you because when you go and say like Kyrie, I want to be in Boston forever, and then now. <laughs> you know, the the next the next year people out want there. you out. Yeah, people want you out. You want to be out of there. Mm-hmm. So like, there's there's a, it's a no win situation. If you go run to the media and say, hey, I'll be here for life. I'm a lifer. And then next thing you know, you want to get traded. You know, if the, if the GM trades you, oh, it's cool. But if you say, uh, I'll see when the season ends, it's not cool. Like I I don't understand why guys try to do that. Russ would have stayed in OKC forever. GM traded him. Is he not an OKC lifer? Like, he didn't have to get traded. He just kind of got traded after everything kind of snowballed with the CP3 stuff, the hard, you know, everything kind of snowballed that way. Yeah, definitely. Um, Let's go go ahead and change gears to, hey, I don't know. They had a lot of viewers, 6 million viewers on ESPN. We're talking about the last last dance um, with Michael Jordan. um, And the last dance, the the last year of the Chicago Bulls. And I love how this so far is going is – it's ping-ponging about how we got there. And I think that's the most important thing uh, because, you know, to understand where you've been, you got to know, you know, where you're going, where you've been. So, um, I guess kind of first thoughts. I think I think, it was, I think it was crazy. <laughs> like, first of all, Jerry, I think they killing Jerry, RIP. Uh, and he really can't – He didn't, I don't think he had a chance to defend himself like because he's not in none of the videos. So, I don't know if he had footage on it. I mean, we got footage of him back in the day, but – I don't know if he really have anything to say about it because I don't know if he if he was still alive, you know how it would all turn out. But going to Phil Jackson and say I don't care if you win eighty two games, you out of here. Yeah, man. The the doc <laughs> is the doc is spicy and all caps for real, man. I like they it. got a lot a lot going on, you know. Like you said about Jerry, um, his ego's kind of gotten in the way a little bit, you know, with the Phil Jackson thing and all that kind of stuff, which we know more details will come out over the next eight episodes. But, like I said, RIP Jerry Cross, he's not here to defend himself. But I will – we'll get into it in more detail in a little bit. But I will defend Jerry Cross because, ultimately, with these things, man, they boil down to ownership. Like, I think Jerry Reinsdorf should be the one taking all the heat because if he wanted Phil back – the same he way he went, he the same played. way he, yeah, he flew out and signed him to that $6 million deal to coach one more year. He could have did that again, and that would have kept Mike. He's the owner. I understand in his clip he was like, hey, when you sign this contract, don't come back, ask for anything else. But he could have gave Scotty, you know, guys had opt-out clause. He, he could have told Scotty, just opt-out, and I'll, you know, we'll take care of you for this year, and we'll evaluate going forward, you know, reevaluate going forward. Because it added with Mike, you know, Mike played his uh his most his career, his first four years, he didn't make a million dollars. Then this guy was the face of the league, making between two and two and four million dollars 
until his last two years, he got those two thirty pieces. Right. So you know, <laughs> make it up a lot of time. <laughs> so you know, Reinsdorf, he could have really put his foot down as the owner and said, "Look, Kraus, you can you gonna make it work." I mean, you probably couldn't mend the fences, but at yeah. the same time, you, you could have just said, "Hey, look, this is the team we're gonna roll with." So let's go. We're gonna get it done. Yeah, I think I think everybody will attack Jerry so far because that's you know Krause it is because that's where the 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 narrative is at right now. It's, it's all Krause's fault. It's all Krause's fault. But when it you know when you think about it, and you look about everything that he's did. Like the only the only decision that I thought he messed up was was the Phil Jackson part was to Phil Jackson you out of here because. I, th- I think I think Jordan would have been fine. I think Jordan would have been fine without Scott Perry at that at that stage. Like, ooh, now, <laughs> this is what I mean by that. This is what I mean by that. Like, so if you're talking about Jordan, who's on the backside of his career uh, at, at this time, he would came in the league in '84. Now we're in '98. You are you are to retire once. Uh, you know, miss the season, and you you're you're 34. I mean, uh, yeah, 34. We won your champ your last championship in '98. So you already on the backside. It was already rare that 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 guys played that long. I mean, you you had the big guys, but you really never see guards hang around that long. Um, and I I just think that Phil Jackson and Jordan probably could have ushered in um, this new era. And you look about the '99 season, the lockout season. You you don't think Jordan and Phil would have got to the, to the finals? The Knicks made it without Patrick. I don't think Patrick was on the team in '99. It was Canby and Spreewell no, and Allen Houston, was it? I, I think he was still there. Like I don't think he, I don't think he got traded to. Um, he went to, uh, he went to uh, what? Um, like Orlando, Orlando or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. <laughs> but but either way, it was pretty. No, no, he, 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 he was still there though. But it, he wasn't. Well, he wasn't saying you. You know, what I'm saying it was, it was can be first round pick. You got Allen Houston, Spreewell. They was get. They was scoring twenty points a game and stuff like that. So I don't know. I think I think that I think he he had the right idea as far as uh, it's time it's time to reshape this team. But he went with the idea of rebuilding versus what we should have thought was retooling because, you know, retool, reload, kind of like a Calipari type of situation where you may lose this guy, but, hey, we can bring him back and we can run the same system and keep it going. But you can't run the same system if you got a different coach in there. And I, I, think, I think that's where he messed up the most. If you would, if you would have had Phil Jackson, Michael Jordan, and, you know, the rumors about T-Mac getting traded – um, you had you had other rumors like that, but Robin was thirty six years old, past his prime. Not a guy who's going to get you points. I think he went to the Lakers in the, in the lockout season, got cut. Uh, then the next year he retired, so he was done. So Kraus, I mean that's I mean genius wise, Bill Belichick do this all the time, and I don't know why Kraus got. I mean we know why Kraus got all the flack because you know short guy and. Won all the credit, blah 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 blah. Napoleon, Napoleon complex. Right, so you know he had all that, but it's like Bill Belichick do this all the time as far as get rid of guys a year too early, before it's a year too late, uh, and he's successful and win championships. Krause has won six rings now, and I think this is why he gets what he gets because he won six rings with Jordan. Like, I, and I think that's why because if it was six rings with Clyde Drexler. <laughs> he would get all the credit in the world, and he could do anything he want. And it's like, oh, he, genius! But when you have a guy who's, you know, what Larry Bird said, uh, you know, Michael Jordan in a pair, of, uh, Jesus in a pair of shorts, like it's, it's it's really it's really easy for, you know, you to win championships when you have a the best player of all time. Yeah, it is one of those weird things, man. Like you can't knock Jerry Krause, the the guy. Knows talent, all right. Well, Rod, Rod Thorne drafted Mike, so that that's not on Krause's docket. But trading Oakley for Cartwright, finessing Seattle for that pick, <laughs> for, Scotty. For, for that pick yeah, to yeah. get Scotty. So, so basically, y'all had the eighth pick, move up to get Scotty at five. They end up taking Odin Polonese, who they could have took at five anyway. They really wanted him that bad. So you get that finesse. You get Horace Grant at ten. So you got Scotty and Horace in the same draft. That's, I mean, come on, man. That, that's an A-plus draft right there. And those guys were two of the staples, along with Cartwright, to start winning those championships. Of course, it took, you know, that was the 87 draft. But, I mean, look at 89 and 90. They, they were a good team. They were competing. Yeah. Scott, Scotty made his first All-Star game in 89, I think. So, they were competing right there with Detroit, 
trying to break through, trying to break through. And, of course, eventually they did break through. So crowds recognize plenty of talent, you know, uh, even in the post-Jordan era. Look at some of the guys he drafted. You know, of course, everybody's going to whiff at some point. Belichick whiffed. Oh, yeah. But 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 I mean, Krause drafted Ron Artest. We we know how good he was. Granted, he had the the melee, the mouse in the palace, so that kind of hurt his hurt his stock a little bit around. But he still league. was a good player, though. Yeah. But he was still he was a good player. Tyson Chandler was a good player. Uh, Jay Will out of Duke had potential before that the uh, accident. So I mean, being Gordon, like Krause was drafting a lot of good people before he resigned in two thousand seven. So the guy wanted to trade for T Mac, like. I mean, T Mac was young. Like, come on, man, you recognize T Mac? Like, he had a, he had like a, not a, he had a good rookie year either. Like, so like, you know, just, just those little small things, man. You recognizing good talent, like going to get Steve Kerr to put on this team, kind of like in that John Paxson role, or going to get Ron Harper, bringing in Rodman. Like, those are just small little moves, man, that can help a team a whole lot. So. You got to get a good credit for being a recognized talent and the maneuver just small little chess pieces around the board to keep them competitive. Right. And, and that's why I think, like, that's why I think they still would have been fine because do I think they would have beat the Spurs that 99? I don't think so. Not without Pippen and, um, you know, if Pippen, if Pippen was the lead because now you think about he said, I want to demand a trade. Uh, he probably, he probably walked for the money. I think he would have left for the money. Uh, Robin was getting old. So you're talking about having to rebuild your team. It's kind of like, well, do, do they beat the Spurs? No, I, I don't think Jordan I don't think Jordan at 34 could have revert to that, you know, what we saw in the sit, you know, in the first two episodes about, you know, playing Boston when he was what, 23 at the time, 22, scoring 60 points. Now, I just think I just think that Tim Duncan and Tim Duncan and Dave Robinson are just too great as a players of all time ranks to to lose just to Jordan maybe. You know, it's you if you it's all debatable, but you gotta think, okay, if Krause, Krause could have done it one time, could he do it again? And that's you know, and that's what you're you're trying to bank on. And if Krause would have made the trade, if, if Pippen said, "I want to trade out, I want I want to leave," in '98, and that's what the next part is going into, like you don't think he could have got a good return for him, and that team would have been good enough. To, if if the Knicks eight seed are making the finals in two in 1999, I don't see why a Jordan led Bull team wouldn't get there with the pieces he got. You know, so whether you win or not yeah. is a different story. But yeah, that's probably the only thing I think they could have. I think they should have probably ran it back one more time for the '99 season. But at the same time, when you really think about everything that was happening at that time, I don't think running it back at that time would have even been an option because they had a lockout because the salary cap was changing. So I think with the cap changing, you probably couldn't have paid Mike at thirty million again. And you probably couldn't have gave Scotty ten to fifteen like he was looking for. I think he got eleven from Houston. Eleven from Houston, then he went to fourteen in Portland the following year. So, so yeah, I don't, I don't think with everything changing in that lockout in '99, so you'd have had it was fifty games, so you'd have had these guys sitting idle. Rodman, like you said, was thirty six. So I mean, you'd have had to replace that pivotal piece. Now, granted, for fifty for fifty games, maybe off a long rest. And Whitfield, with Mike, with Scotty, you could have maybe got some good minutes out of him. But just looking at what his post career was like, post '98, maybe he was finished. You know, so I think, I think, I think, uh, I think what we're gonna see in the documentary as it go on about how bad that, like, it, it showed that the greatness in the in, at the end, but like how how hard it went through with that season to go to, to get through like last dance, but it's like. You see the little clips of highlights of Rodman with the ice baths and stuff like that. Like I don't know if he could have, he could have win another year. You know what I'm saying? Like he he got cut so yeah, fast from the Lakers. Like this was Shaq and Kobe with Rodman. Like this could have been something special. You know, but yeah, I think he went to Lakers and Mavs after leaving the Bulls, and he didn't last long on either team. So, yeah. yeah, so he was pretty much probably you know done at that point. So you'd have, let's say they would have brought it back for that next season. You'd have had to retool that piece. I'm not sure what they could have got for that. You still have to figure it's, out the whole salary salary cap thing with Mike and Scotty because I don't think there's no way with that new cap Mike would have been able to get 30, 35 again. He would have probably had to take like 18, 20. And, all, and you, know, you know Mike ain't taking no 18, right. 20. <laughs> At that time, Mike the businessman was coming out. You know, he, 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 he ain't flying with that. Yes, yeah, so I don't even think Mike could have got his money and then Scotty went and got what he was looking for. So I think it ended at the perfect time because, I mean, 
at, at that time, Mike hit the classic shot that's been replayed a million times. So you end on that note, you end at six to no. Now, granted, I think we all believe in defend it until you lose it, but that was the perfect way to that was the perfect way to end it. And they could have potentially got the ninety nine title, but I just think in the end with other factors at that time going on, bridges being burnt, guys being burned out. Right. Uh, guys aging a little bit and what everybody wanted financially, I don't think it would have worked out. So, you know, granted, they had to just lose it all and didn't get any trade value back from anybody, Scotty, Rob, and anybody. <laughs> so, I mean, but let's look at how we look at in other sports too. Like when the Brady thing came up, what did we say? They need to blow it up. Blow when, up. Drew Brees, when, when Drew Brees came up, blow it up. So I mean I can't fault. Yeah, I can't. I can't for want to blow it up. Because I can't be hypocritical and hey. say now run it back again because other factors were at play and he wanted to. I mean take ego and credit aside, he wanted to keep the team competitive for years to come. And he, he was knew. trying to get a, a, a young piece like Mac. Like that, he was that, clip, to get that clip. That clip was coming and he knew like at one point I might lose all three of these guys at one time. Like you know I, I don't know if he I don't know know what his personal relationship with Phil Jackson and why. You know why they just, you know, but I don't think Phil cared. But it's like I don't know what Krause had a, a vendetta against him. But it's like I don't know why he didn't think Phil could usher in the new the new chapter. I, I get I guess he didn't believe in him. But that's the only thing I I credit like that's the only thing I credit. But that's the only thing I take away from Krause's was that decision because I don't, I don't know what he was thinking about that. But yeah, you're right. We <laughs> we our philosophy are the same as Jerry Krause's. Like, I can't like, I can't fault him for. Trying to stay, trying to retool it and keep staying right because you got the best player in the world. You're not gonna fall off. Like you're still gonna be, you're gonna be nope. a top team in the league. <laughs> so you might as well just take the take the best player, try to build around him again, find you a gym, and build around him. Like T Mac would have been a perfect guy. Like yes, he got hurt later on, but we seen what T Mac was in his career. You don't think Chicago with T Mac, he traded with T Mac. Would have drafted Tyson Chandler, you know. Eventually got Ben Gordon, a guy like Kirk Heinrich. Like this could have been a, you know, it might have been a championship team, but it definitely T Mac would have won at least one round. <laughs> that he never yeah, did. like man, dude, <laughs> yeah, like you know, Mike was gone anyway. Because if you're not bringing back Phil, you're not you're not getting Mike. Right. So you know, at that point, I would trade. Like, I would trade Pippen. Ninety-eight. Like I, I would like me personally when he demanded that trade. Like we're gonna see. I, I, I can't wait for the next one. On Sunday, what nine o'clock uh, Eastern time? But I can't wait for that one because it's like, what what is Kraus, What's going through his Cross's mind when he finally demands a trade? Because like, all right, <laughs> that's that's me. Like, <laughs> I mean, okay, man. Like that would have been a bad move to trade Scotty. Y'all already finessing him. He getting he the hundred twenty second highest paid player in the league. Yeah, I, I'm not trade for the value. You for the value? Team, okay, for the value. I understand. I, I'm. I'm not trading. I mean, then he only played like 40, 42 games. He came back. He was still getting like 19, 6, and 6. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trading that guy. If we was putting this from that year to now, the sign and trade definitely would have been – I would have signed and traded. Go, go for the championship, sign and trade to where he want to go and get my pieces back. But at this time, I don't think that was that was a, that was a thing then. So, it's kind of like – Oh, no. Nah. So, it's kind of like – Jordan's too competitive. He's not going to say, I'm not going to play. Like, he's not going to sit down by Trey Pippen. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's not, he not just going to quit on the team, especially when we said this is the last year anyway. So, Jordan, Jordan going to go out with a bang. So, it's not like he, you know, whatever. So, it's like, I probably would have done it. Like, that teammate Trey would have, teammate would have been my team. And I don't know. I, 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 feel like, I feel like guys like LeBron and, and you saw Kobe to an extent see, like, they 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 kind of gravitated to the young guys a little bit, the ones that they thought were good, um, and you know, if Jordan got T Mac, I I don't I don't know why. I mean, we all seen T Mac from a young age get off, so I, you know, I, Jordan probably would have been all right. It wouldn't have helped him win, but I mean, yeah, he wouldn't he wouldn't he wouldn't got that fit, that six title. He'd have been stuck on five, and then you just had to wait a little while for T Mac to develop because his first yeah. two three years in Toronto, he he, was he started out pretty slow. But when he got to Orlando, dude was off right. like a rocket. But I think, but that's 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 coaching though. I'm thinking like Toronto, eh? But Doc Rivers in Orlando, or he Phil Jackson in, in Chicago, if it was the state, you know what I'm saying? But like, it, it all matters where you go. And I'm like, okay, yes, you probably don't get six. And then on top of that, maybe Kraus saved Jordan's them legacy because uh, to an extent, you know, Jordan legacy all built about around the six and no, six and no, six and no. If they would have went 99 and lost, I mean. 
Jordan's the only sports figure I know that I can think of that hasn't lost. Like yeah. every other great, has, no every sport has lost. So yeah, outside of maybe uh, Floyd. Yeah, I was saying except, except Floyd, and that's a and boxing is a you know how you want to look yeah, at they, it because you got heavyweights yeah, and all that. Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, boxing you depend upon yourself too. Right. So yeah. So you, you don't have yeah. teammates. Yeah. Exactly. So it's kind of like it's kind of like he maybe crowd saves him. I don't know. He knew. <laughs> Robin thirty six. Oh, we out of here, man. You got to go. You got to go. Um, on, on Scottie Pippen's contract though, like I mean, we talked about it during, during, while we were watching it. I was like, man, I was saying, man, whoever Pippen agent was or whoever was talking to him was trash. Now I, I understand the the magnitude of behind it, the story with the family, you know, taking care of the family. I get that million dollars. You can't go wrong. Like with one, two, a hundred, you can't go wrong with a million dollars. Um, but my only thing was the years and. I, I still, I mean, they said it in the documentary, but I still don't understand the, the you want the you want the certainty of it versus the, like, believing yourself because if Pippen came in with the attitude, I'm better than Michael Jordan. Remember you said that during the rookie year. Oh yeah. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you bet on yourself? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like sign a two, like it was two or three years. It to me is always the years of contracts. Like, I'm not you're not suckering me in a seven year contract. I don't care what sport it is. You know, or what it is. I just, I just can't get myself sucked, sucked into that. I'm like two or three, and then we, like, just like Kevin Durant, we'll revisit, we'll revisit. Like I'd rather do that. And maybe, like I said, maybe that wasn't the style back then, so it's kind of hard to get out of that mindset. But it's like, I understand he had to take the deal uh, to help the team out because they, you know, they want, they want selfish players. I mean, is what it is. But to be 122nd paid, to take a seven-year contract. I mean, yes, he made up for it in Houston, but still. Yeah, it's a – you got to look at it looking at that era and that, that time frame because, man, like like you said about Scotty's agent. That's not his agent's fault. I mean, uh, I forgot who tweeted out, but they said Scotty never fired his agent because when he signed that contract, they were telling him, don't don't take it. Okay, and, well, yeah. Yeah, so I forgot who tweeted out, but they were telling he, he you know, it's, it's the story came out that his agent said, "Hey, don't you shouldn't take this deal; it's a bad deal for you." But because he has, you know, nine, ten brothers and sisters and family, seven years, eighteen million, you can't you can't turn that down. And of course, he had his press conference where he said, "My day will come," which it did come. He got a lot of money on the back end, right. so it all it all did work out. But you know, back then, guys weren't doing what we're doing now: one plus ones, two plus ones. Uh, you know, give me the max for a year, and I'll see what happens in the offseason and stuff right. like that. Like guys like Shaq, they were taking six hundred million, or you know, I think Mike kind of pioneered the the one year thing with the thirty millions later on. But before that, I mean, even he got locked into like a five six year deal. That's he was making only two, three, four million mm-hmm. throughout the eighties and nineties until <laughs> he got nine, his last two as deals. Ninety nine overall. <laughs> yeah, so you you the you you the goat, but you making four million dollars. I mean, you lucky Nike was and Haynes was out there, man, because that's where all his money came from. Right. He wasn't making no money from ball, and you the face of the league. You, <laughs> you know, as different as everything seems this holiday season, one thing still holds true year after year. Everybody loves holiday scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. And with tickets available from $1 to $20, they're the perfect gift for anyone on your list 18 years or older. So stay safe this year and play it safe with your gift-giving. Give scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. Whatever temperatures this winter brings, your friendly and knowledgeable Bryant dealer is ready to help. We have the right training and support and are backed by outstanding products from one of the industry's most trusted names, Bryant. Whether you need a quick fix or an entirely new heating system, we will do whatever it takes for your family's comfort. Find your local dealer at Bryant.com. Bryant, whatever it takes. Selling all the jerseys, all the action figures, the bobbleheads. You want all the programs, all the commercials. You're the hottest commodity in the world, but you're only making $4 million for ball. So I can't blame Scott at that time. He secured his family, himself, and, of course, he got money on the back end. I mean, that's really all you can ask for at that, at that time. I mean, bad deal, yeah, seven years, $18 million, very underpaid, undervalued. 
But when you look at his reasoning behind it, secure myself, guarantee right. myself some money, stability, you really can't argue against it. All right, we got only got a few minutes left. Um, 12 on Sports is going, doing a, a live draft show uh, for the NFL draft, so make sure y'all tune into that right after us, uh, starting at starting at 7:45. Um, so we got we got what maybe maybe eight ten minutes left. Uh, NFL draft news, uh, draft NFL period. Gronkowski, Dra- Tampa Bay draft, a draft day, Bayou Bengal, <laughs> <laughs> draft day, Jeff Akuda. me and Rashad shout out to, going to shout out to Drizzy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, man. Hey, draft day, D Brown is about to go down. But um, any any other things we're talking about, like uh, we saw Gronkowski get traded to the Buccaneers. We saw we saw that for a fourth round pick. The Patriots also picked up Marquise Lee, who was cut by the Jags. Um, a lot finesse. of rumors, finesse. Oh, finesse! Like they they got they got rid they got rid of a retired player for ten million dollars. <laughs> they made ten million dollars. For a fourth round and a cut player who is good when when healthy, um. So hey, Pages, shout out to you, man. Good job, good job, Bill. Um, and you got the other rumors like uh, Falcons want to trade up, Jazz want to trade up, uh, Jamal Adams might get traded. Like all these crazy trade Williams on the block again. So, um, is is there any is there any one that you can can say I know this may happen tonight, um, in in the draft or I won't be shocked if this happened. Well, I threw out the deck last week. Shout out, shout out, hey, uh, Westbrook for, for B, saying that on, on. B West, <laughs> B West, watch the profits, man, because he gonna go on first take and talk about how Dak can get traded. You heard my boy say it first. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, yeah. Shout out B West. First things first, man. Shout out B West. Uh, <laughs> it what can happen tonight, man? Uh, we got a few. Oh, like you said, Trent Williams. Uh, anybody on the front, uh, what's franchise, franchise tender? Head. Yeah, 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 anybody like that could potentially be moved. So you got Joe Tooney in New England. You got Trent Williams. He wants out. Man, it's a lot of guys right now. That Jamal Adams, like you mentioned, it's a lot of guys that could potentially be involved in some deals. Um, I want to see what happens with Clowney, man. Like, dude wanted 20-something million. Now he's <laughs> down to 18. And now the market just dead. Like, your, yeah. your market, his market has dried up. So I guess Seattle and Tennessee are the only teams that still kind of buying into Clowney, but – and I want to see if he, if he's gonna sign and trade somebody. I want to see what happens with Clowney and uh, like I said, I mention Odell every week. I want to see happen <laughs> with him. I think I just think something about Odell and their draft positioning. They can take a rugs, a lamb, or something like that. They need O line. Need O line. Need O line. But you, but you could, you know, move off. I mean, Odell, get a trade back, and then get your, you know, still get a receiver replacement. So uh, it's just a lot of guys, man. A lot of names on the block right now. And the thing about this draft is, cause so. You know, we we also gearing up for our, uh, our our draft day, our draft day uh profit betting game. But it's so many scenarios, bro, that is just crazy. You got you got um the Raiders. They made they made they made trade from pick nineteen, um pick nineteen. They made they may go all the way up to um like if if the Raiders if the Raiders trade nineteen for Odell Beckham, like. Because Raiders, Raiders are, are, you know, whatever, linked to get a receiver. You get Odell Beckham, the Browns can take a receiver at 10. And at 12, Raiders can get, you know, who who knows? I think, personally, Isaiah Simmons may fall. Like Why if, you say that? If, 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 he don't, if he don't go four, so you say he go four, I don't think they should. So I think Giants should go a lot. We talked about last week. If Simmons don't go four, he's not going five. He's not going six. He could go seven. But we talked about we talked about last week. Are you going to build the trenches? Or but all right. So would you rather have Shaq, Shaq Thompson, who's an above average linebacker, with no D line, or get a uh, I, mean, I mean with like draft like Ken Law or Brown, or would you rather have the two good linebackers and your trenches still bad? You know what I mean? So it's kind of like your your, your calculations how you want to play that game. So if you don't go seven, eight, you, I don't know what the Cardinals going to do. Receiver, offense line, they could take Isaiah Simmons too. They um, they got to go O line man. Right, they, gotta, right. they got to protect Kyle. They, they need to go trenches regardless. O line D line whatever it is. And then nine Jacksonville, I mean they can get a linebacker too, but corner is a need. A lineman for them is a need too. Like it's so many needs for those teams. Like how do they view Isaiah Simmons? How can they work him in? Because like I said, Giants, I don't think they're the team that's going to put him in the right spot to be a Hall of Famer. So I think I think Simmons. I want I want Simmons to fall 
to the Raiders at 12. Like that's 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 for me to put him in the right spot. Cause I think he'll be great with with John Gruden. That's in my opinion. But if he falls at 12, and you know Browns draft you know draft receiver trade Beckham at 19, and you get a you can get a tackle like a Josh Jones or Austin Jackson at 19. I mean, you know that, that's 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 pretty good for the Browns. You know, 10 and 19. You know that's that's pretty good. So. Um, it, it's all—it's so many like scenarios that you can just go crazy with. We hear the Jacksonville want the three, so does so that Jags want Akuda? Like, or do they want Henderson? Like, you know, Falcons gonna trade to the five, top five. Who do they want? You know, it, I think that's that's the beauty of the draft, and I, I'm glad that no no dra- no trade has happened yet because I wanted to be live. I wanted to be on there like, oh man, they're they working, they're working, and you know, uh, you mentioned about Clowney. Um, we're gonna find out tonight. Tonight, if um. You know, do is Seattle get an edge rusher? Are they out on Clowney? Did Tennessee get an edge rusher? Are they out on Clowney? Like, w- would you rather you know first round pick, pay him nothing versus pay Clowney eighteen million? So it's kind of like <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's kind of like oh, so we are gonna find out tonight if Clowney gonna have a job. Uh, I talked about this on the preaching of the choir with the Vikings. We talked about Everson Griffin. Right, he free agent. <laughs> is he gonna go back to Minnesota because nobody want him? Because everybody gonna fill fill their needs in this weekend, like. That's it's just gonna be a crazy night tonight. I can't wait. Yeah, the team that could be the biggest mover is gonna probably be the Jags. They got to get rid of Ngakwe. Oh, the rumors damn, are the, so the rumors are floating out about moving up to get a QB. I think they should just roll with Minshew at least one more year, and then you will be in a position to get Fields, Lawrence, or somebody else next year. So I think they should just work on building back up to Saxonville. Um, four nets on the block potentially. So the, the Jags could be the biggest mover if they're trying to just rid the roster of everything. 2017, yeah, 2017 and before, so they might be the biggest mover. And but the Lions hold all the keys. Third, the third pick holds all the keys. So whatever the Lions do and whatever the Jags do could be the biggest shakeups. And the sneaky one may be the 49ers. They may want to trade back. I mean, they got the pick. They got the pick from the Colts. They had their 31st. So they may want to trade back and get some more capital. So to me, those are three to look at. Lions because they hold all the keys at three. Jazz because they're trying to rid their roster and get back picks, and 49ers could want to move down. And I would add two more teams that got multiple picks in this. I think uh, Minnesota and Miami also holds weight because w- what if like I know that, I know people keep saying two may fall as well, but what if Miami mess up the draft and just say you know what, boom, Tristan worse, <laughs> and then mess up the whole <laughs> and then and then use those picks to come up and get quarterback. You know, it's like who knows? Oh yeah. So it just it just so many scenarios. I don't think like a lot of players have separated themselves too far. Like everybody wants Henderson now, so it's like okay, does a Cuda fall? Like you know, what I'm saying like does 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 Lions value Henderson now, or do they want? Because you, you never know teams' boards and with this process of the virus and all this stuff, we just don't know. Yeah, I got one more for you before we before we sign off for tonight, man. Todd Mache and Miller Kuyper had a bet that Jordan Love would go before Justin Herbert. What do you think about that, man? Get well soon, Top Mache, man. I know yeah. he, he has the COVID-19 right now, so get well, Top Mache. It would be sad he's not covering the draft, but what's your thoughts on that, man? Jordan Love going before Herbert. I just don't see it. I, I don't like Me either. either. I, don't, I, don't like, I don't like neither one of them, really, but, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, we're back live here Thursday next week at the same time, man. Uh, so, preach, carry, preach, we were shot. Enjoy the draft. Enjoy the draft, man. We out. Hold up. Wait a minute. Y'all thought we was finished. Um, we're back. A recap. Of round one, we just went through. Um, man, first off, what a crazy night! Uh, very long night. Hopefully, the virtual draft would never happen Sheesh. again because that was a lot of videos, a lot of videos, a lot of videos. Uh, but anyway, we're here with a recap, um, real quick of what happened in the first round. We had all our speculations last week and this week about what we think would happen. So, um, one through three Cincinnati Redskins, Detroit Lions, they all stayed put. Burrow, Chase Young, and Akuda went at, uh, following. Um, I mean, we, we knew these, these three picks would be chalk. I mean, no, numbers you can really say about it. Uh, yeah, the, the first three, as predicted, most mocks, our mock, had it the same way. Barring a trade, it was going to be Burrow, Chase, and Okuda. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so here what the, the, the draft started right here, the Giants. Uh, in our draft day bed, and we all knew, uh, is either Simmons, uh, possibly here, uh, or offensive lineman. Um, nobody really expected Andrew Thomas to be the first O-line off the board. Uh, I know a lot of people had him ranked. I mean, he's in the top four for linemen. 
Uh, but nobody really had him going to the Giants. I don't know why, but obviously the Giants knew all along. Um, any, any thoughts about Andrew Thomas? Man, this was my point last week when we did our profit mock draft. I was like, depending upon how you grade every old tackle, you can have them one through four slotted different ways. That's why I was thinking, just go Simmons, at least you know what you're getting. But um, as you were saying, like back to the point you made, you got to protect your investment, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley. And I just think Thomas may be the most pro-ready guy to come out. Um, I know last year when they were projecting, like, draft stock, he was the, the top old tackle. And I just guess the Giants kind of like what they saw on film, um, SEC guy. So um, so was Wills, but I guess they like Thomas's fit better. And, uh, you know, I guess he'll be playing on the right side because I know they have um, Nate Soder on the left side. So, I guess it just kind of fits their team need. Yeah, it, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, that's why I kept saying, man. I, you, you, you had to go. You had to go O line. Um, just, just because of that, you had to imp- in, in protect Dana Jones, protect Saquon Barkley. Who's going to open up the lanes? Uh, and Andrew Thomas and Wills are the top three. I mean, top two, uh, run blocking out of the four. So I mean, I thought that's why I knew Willis was the guy. But you know, obviously it's Thomas. So um, good pick by the Giants either way. Uh, moving on to Miami and Chargers back-to-back. They went Tua and Justin Herbert. Uh, and I marked draft because I had Miami. I went Tua uh, and you went Herbert at six. So, technically, we got that right. Um, yeah, we wanted the opposite. Maybe we wanted Tua with the Chargers, but, you yeah. know, Miami just couldn't pass them up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. They, they, they were reportedly tanking for this guy last year anyway. So, you know, they got what they wanted regardless. Whether he got injured and, and they had a better season than expected with Flores, they still got the guy they were – "Quote unquote aiming for the whole time, tanking for, tank for Tua." Hashtag tank for Tua. Hashtag smokescreen. These guys are putting <laughs> out every false information there was, uh, and I, I told people all along, man, they're not pat like. Even though I want Tua in, in LA, they're not. They Miami cannot pass on Tua. He's he's that special, and you got Ryan Fitzpatrick who can hold down the fort until he's completely healthy. So it's not like, you know, you already got a German quarterback there. So it's not like you have to. Bring him back. Ryan Fitzpatrick is more than capable of getting you six to seven wins, and with a roster that they're building in Miami, the defense can stay stay strong. They can win more than that. So, um, two are going to be in the right, in the right situation. Hopefully, they get some weapons in the rest of the drafts. Um, yeah, do, yeah. Do do not be surprised that in a few years or maybe even a, I mean, in a few months, you hear Tua come out and say how much he learned from Ryan Fitzpatrick because even though he's a journeyman, he's bounced around and he can throw you five touchdowns one week and throw you five interceptions next week. And he's still a smart quarterback. That's why he's always been, you know, I won't say passed around. That's why he's always found another landing spot mm-hmm. and become and become a starter because he's just a, you know, he's a good, smart quarterback. Oh, yeah. Harvard, that Harvard graduation. Um, any thoughts on Herbert going to the Chargers? Uh, I mean, we pretty much knew he was going there. Uh, not really. I mean, kind of expected. Uh, big guy replacing Phillip Rivers. He's a little bit more mobile than Rivers is, and he'll walk into a pretty good situation with Anthony Lynn, Mike Will, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler. Um, I won't say an Oregon-esque offense, but he has similar talent to what he had at Oregon. And, uh, you know, defensively, they're going to be stout in uh, in L.A. So this is the part of the draft after the Chargers where it got a little funky. You didn't know what direction these teams were going. Uh, Carolina, Arizona, uh, Jacksonville, uh, back-to-back-to-back. Um I would say I would say uh, so. Derrick Brown was a pick for Carolina. Um, we pretty much know they was going D line. I know some people say Simmons as well. Um, you know, but it's kind of like I was saying. Like I was saying, Shaq Thompson is an average, above average linebacker. You need somebody in the trenches. So um, that's why I thought Kinlaw was the guy, but it happened to be Derrick Brown. So um, your thoughts on, on Carolina? Uh, go, you know, going Derrick Brown and then Arizona right behind them. Uh, taking taking Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, in in our mock, we kind of we kind of mock this the same way. We have Brown going there, um, so I'm not really surprised they're going to be two of their defense. You know, when you lose Keekley and some other stalwarts on defense, you're going to want to replenish that. So, um, this is how you get the Matt Rule era started. You got your quarterback, you paid the running back, you got two young stud receivers, and now you're rebuilding your defense. Yeah, Isaiah Simmons picked to Arizona surprised the hell out of me. Did not think they were going that direction. <laughs> Man, I know what they're doing. 
Simmons can play everything. He going to O line for you know it. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, it, it was a surprising pick. But I guess you know they weren't highly efficient or highly ranked in any defensive areas. And with him being able to play multiple uh, levels of defense, it'll work out. So they can move him around, and he'll be a, a nice piece to put to their their defense. We all thought O line, but. Um, they follow my philosophy of, at this point, best player available. Yeah, definitely, because they, they probably didn't expect him to fall to eight. Um, Jacksonville went after that and followed by Cleveland. Jacksonville went C.J. Henderson, who everybody was trying to trade up for um, <clears throat> prior to the draft. Uh, a lot of people had Henderson as their second second best corner. Some of them had even had him as the best corner on the board. So, um they don't get – it's not Jalen Ramsey, but C.J. Henderson. I mean, you're talking about fast, long, can do it all. So, this this guy can this guy can replace Jalen Ramsey, maybe not to the extent of all pro, but, hey, you never know. Uh, I think that was a great pick. Yeah, I was thinking with uh, Calais being out and uh, and Gakwe on the way out as well, they would go Kenlaw here. But going Henderson makes just as much sense with no more Boyer and no more Ramsey. And then back-to-back picks for the Browns and the Jets. They both went offensive line. Uh, we knew that was a uh, a need for both. I know people wanted Jets to get a weapon, but it's no fun if Darnold's on his back. Uh, so Willis go to Cleveland, Beckton go to Jets, um, and then we can move right along. Um, so here's where we had the first receiver off the board, Henry Ruggs. He go to the Raiders. Um, I mean, I think Henry Ruggs, he's my number one receiver. Uh, he went the first off the board. Uh, and also, he, he, he looked like a John, a John Gruden guy. So, uh, you're talking about speed. You're talking about a guy, you put the ball in his hands and anything can happen. Uh, you, they don't have that player. And, and I guess they're thinking, okay, Antonio Brown was that guy for us. He didn't get to play with us because of all that stuff. So, Henry Ruggs, um, I think. I mean, I think that was a, a great pick. Oh, yeah. They need a receiver because Tyrell Williams, he's good, but he can't be your best receiving option. Right. And now you, and now you have Darren Waller, Henry Ruggs, who probably the most pro-ready guy in here. So, uh, Josh Jacobs, Derek Carr. It's going to be a good season for the Raiders. Then, then you had uh, San Francisco. They, they finally get worse. Uh, I'm sorry, Tampa Bay, Tampa no, Bay, it, Tampa Bay trade yeah, up to the trade. pick. Yeah, they, they moved up. Now, I, 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 I'm sitting there wondering, like, I wonder who wanted to get worse, why they had to trade up. And I'm looking back at teams. I was like, well, maybe maybe Miami was trying to come up and get it because they had the arsenal and they needed a, you know, they need a guard slash tackle. Uh, but Worf's uh, head to Tampa Bay to help protect Tom Brady. Um, and then Javon Kinlaw, he goes to the 49ers. What do you think about that pick? Kinlaw to to the 49ers, they're replacing Buckner. Do you think that was a, the great, a great idea? Like I, the, great, the, the pick was great. Kinlaw was a great pick. But when you had a Judy or a CeeDee Lamb on the board remaining, and it's kind of like, okay, do you really need a super a superstar D tackle? I mean, you are you got Bosa, who's if you want to argue it, can you can say he's the best pass rusher in the game if you want to argue it. Um, D Ford, you got you paid Ar- Armstead a lot of money, and then you got Solomon Thomas, and you and you got and you got you can you can sign some guys to be rotational players in that this scheme. So, do you, do you think they need another first round D tackle or D lineman? Should I say? Uh, at the time, I was like, what are they doing? But then you start thinking about it, it's like. They're pretty smart because ultimately you can't pay everybody. So the guys that they have paid or, you know, that are going to come up to get paid soon, you want to just keep on rotating that out. So, you know, I know you always say people be cheating, but, I mean, it's just smart that you can have <laughs> you, you can, you can have Bosa and Kinlaw who are both going to be studs on rookie deals. Right. And, and then you pay guys like Quan Alexander, you know, some other guy, like you said, to come to already be there. So I think it's smart just to keep on you trading away a guy and you got this draft capital. Go ahead and use it and replace what you lost. So instead of paying this guy, you got you replaced him for cheap. Yeah, I mean I can understand it. I I, I know the receiver class are deep, so that's probably what they were thinking about. The the interior D line does drop off. Um, but hey, I mean we'll, we'll see John Lynch's cash and know what they're doing there. Uh, then you had Judy come off the board with at Denver. Um, and then two picks later, C.D. Lamb came off the board. So, uh, the great fits for both teams. Uh, I mean, like, do you think Judy, Judy, like, this Broncos offense, like, this is like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. If Drew Locke fails, man, <laughs> if he fails, I just don't understand. This is my favorite pick of the draft, Judy going to Denver. They believe, you know, 
I understand Denver's been drafting quarterback the last couple of years. You know, they they brought in Osweiler, they had Peyton Manning, they tried, you know, Paxton Lynch, all that kind of stuff. But I think they finally hit with Drew Locke. I think Drew Locke's going to be the guy. And now you've given him a huge offensive arsenal. Like this Judy pick was my favorite pick of the whole first round. Pairing him with Cortland Sutton, uh, Noah Fant, and you got that running back committee. Denver could be a very, very surprising team this upcoming season. They're already in a in a fun division with Chiefs, Chargers, and Raiders. So you, know, yeah, you need yeah. the fight. You, you need the firepower to keep up with everybody because everybody got the firepower. So Judy working out that slot is going to be pretty dangerous, man. And if Drew Locke takes that next that next step, Broncos could be something serious. Uh yeah. In the Atlanta Cowboys, um, I thought about this before. They paid Cooper, but I think Gallup was on that rise. But now that you got you paid Cooper. Obviously, the you, you you see the cards. They're gonna have a great offense for now, and when Gallup contract come up, he's out the door. Lamb on a rookie deal for a couple more years, longer than Gallup. So therefore, they just let uh let Gallup walk and and worry about it later. So, uh, great pick. I knew they couldn't pass him up when he was on the board. But even though I thought they needed a pass rusher, uh, or go defense. I mean, Lamb was not, was never supposed to be that long on the board. Like so, as far as draft value, they got a, they got an A plus draft for me. Oh yeah, they they took the best player available, like you know, which you really can't go wrong with. Right. But I I thought they needed something for that secondary man for the secondary stand on, on on the Cowboys. Yeah, good thing good thing safety still remain. Um, and also can't mention uh can't forget to mention Atlanta went uh AJ Terrell. AJ Terrell, yeah. Um, probably could have traded back for AJ Terrell in my opinion, but we don't know other people's boards. So, um, like I think like, I'm not saying their picks are bad. Is I just think the value could have been. Somewhere else, um, another team that's down the, a few picks later, the Oakland Raiders taking Arnett out of Ohio State. Uh, I think he was another guy you probably could have got later. Um, so I'm kind of questioning Atlanta and Raiders' philosophy on this one. But like you said, after after Akuda and after Henderson, you don't know what the board's looking like. And if you if you don't, you know, you can't you can't risk it. If, if that's your guy, you got to take him. Um, Austin Jackson went to Miami uh, at pick what pick uh, 18. Uh, then Jacksonville at pick 20 got Kilavon Chase on. Uh, he kind of fell a little bit on the board, but there he was for the taking. So they got the pass rusher. So Unique Ngakwe, uh, his time is limited. Um, the D, the GM Dave, Dave uh, Caldwell came out and said his options are limited, but we'll welcome him back with open arms. But if not, hey, Chase on one side, Josh Allen on the other side, you can't go wrong with that. Yeah, everything right here was uh... – I don't want to use the word chalk, but it was kind of going as expected. I kind of figured the Falcons would take somebody for secondary because they just have so many needs. They had to just take best available. And then, um, like you just mentioned, Miami taking Austin Jackson. You want to protect your investment of two upcoming. So now you're going to get a, you got an old tackle. Um, who you say, Arnett? I don't I don't even know much about Arnett, honestly. So yeah, I'm not sure what. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't think first, a first round pick in that high. You definitely could trade in the second round and got him. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not sure what the Raiders saw on film or what impressed them in interviews about Arnett, but I guess it was enough to get him wrapped at this high. A guy I think would have been there later on, but, you know, to each his own. Yeah, I think he'd have been there later. And Chase Sun, they're, they're rebuilding the, the defense there, so I'm not surprised by that. They got, they got an edge rusher. And then, then we started seeing receivers go. Uh, Jalen Rigger went to uh, Philadelphia. Uh, Jefferson went to Minnesota. Um, Minnesota's next pick at 25, they traded to San Francisco, and they came up and got uh, Brandon Ayuk. Um, and that and that and that was a run for receivers the rest of the first round. Um, you know that that was that was pretty interesting to see. Then you saw the cornerbacks. We talked about Arnett. We talked about uh, we talked about Terrell earlier. But then you had you had uh, Noah. Ah, I can't say his last name. Not even gonna try. <laughs> From Auburn, he he heads to Miami. They did a trade with Green Bay, uh, and then Minnesota from the trade they made the swap with San Francisco. They picked up Jeff Gladney. Uh, so that's that's what you're receiving in corners. Who everybody's claiming that that is the deepest positions. So we, we did have a lot of receivers. They had a lot of corners go in this draft. An interesting move I want to talk about before we get out of here. The Packers traded up to 26 to take Miami's pick, and they drafted Jordan Love, quarterback. Quarterback. I knew, man. I knew he was going in the first round. 
I had it. I was mocking him to the Saints because I know like Drew Brees one more year. This could be his last year potentially. So I, I mocked him to the Saints every chance I got. But I guess Matt Lafleur and Green Bay leadership ownership. I know Rodgers is on like a four year deal. Uh, he's getting paid pretty good pennies. But I guess Green Bay's mindset is they want to go ahead and put their guy in the stash how they did before with him. They stashed him behind Brett Favre. And I guess they don't want to be left without a QB. So they went ahead and I thought they could have waited for him. But, you know, right there it's, at 31 and got him, yeah. But yeah, I thought it, they, it's always something like, who who do you think would have came up and got him? Because the Patriots, the Patriots already had moved out the first round. And then the Saints already had took um, Patrick Queen. So, you know, no, not Patrick Queen. The Saints took uh, Cesar Ruiz, who's going to start in the trenches to protect their – Drew Brees and their future quarterback, whoever that would will be. Um, I don't know, man. I I don't know. I, I don't know what what I would grade this pick if I was if I was forced to grade it because Rogers Rogers, Rogers need weapons and I, and outside of Adams and, and Aaron Jones, they just don't have it. And the you went all defense last year, and now you go backup quarterback. I I mean I, I understand you need a future, but. I think Rodgers is different from uh is different from a Breeze is is he would you know he like Breeze is done next year, Rodgers maybe had three years left at least. Yeah, yeah, he still got trade. Yeah, he still got trade on the tires. Like if, if they didn't believe that, they wouldn't gave him that extension. So right. So I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm wondering what happens right now. Like I'm wondering if you know look. I guess maybe LaFleur learned from his mistakes with Mariota when he was down there in Tennessee. So he wants to go with Jordan Love and you know run with that. And just look towards the future, and maybe this could be Aaron Rodgers' last year with Green Bay, and he'll get traded next offseason. I mean, it, it, there has to be some writing on the wall behind the scenes about all this. There's no way they move, you know, to go get his pick and, and take Jordan Love, knowing Rodgers still has some trade on the tires. Like, I'm not sure who will trade for him, but something like this has like New England written all over, it, or like the Colts written all over. It. Like, somebody's gonna Crazy. go get. Like somebody's <laughs> gonna go get Aaron, and it's gonna be nasty. If you ever get him an O line or some weapon, it's gonna be over. Yeah, and before we got here, uh, can't can't forget to mention uh, Clyde Edwards, uh, Alaire to the Ch- Chiefs. That's cheating right there. You talking about cheating right there? You put a great running back in that system in with Mahomes and all that. That's 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 great. Uh, and also, we can't forget, we can't we can't forget the linebackers. Uh, uh, Murray, the Chargers traded up to New England pick and take. Uh, who I thought was the second best linebacker behind Simmons and Murray from Oklahoma, and then Patrick Queen to Baltimore. Of course, like you know, a, a great player going to another great franchise. So uh, I was I would say the Chargers got the Chargers got their defense on lock, bringing Levon Joseph over, uh, bringing uh, Chris Harris, getting a healthy Durbin James, the Bosa, the Melvin Ingram, and now you have a guy in the middle which they never had in this defense. You got the defense and you got the quarter. You got the, the the quarterback of the defense and the offense. So, I mean, I think Chargers hit out the park. Um, and then, like I said, Patrick Queen to Baltimore replacing Judon and replacing C.J. Mosley that left. Well, Judon's still there on the franchise tag, but replacing C.J. Mosley that left last year. So, hey, kudos to the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, Judy was my favorite pick of the draft. and But my second favorite pick was Wilson going to Tennessee. They lost Conklin. They need to replace the O-line. So, that was a good, good pick by them. I mean, you don't know how a guy's going to pan out, but just right. for what you need and you what it. was there, you you got it. So that was my second favorite pick of the draft. Um, I'm interested. I'm interested to see how some of this other stuff plays out. Um, I know, you know, um, Seattle they they haven't signed Clowney back yet, but they they drafted this guy Jordan Brooks, somebody I wasn't too familiar with. So I want to know what happened. Man, like why he didn't? I'm sorry, that's terrible. Yeah, that's that's the worst pick of the first round. <laughs> The worst pick, Jordan Love. Yeah. I had like him on the third. Not Jordan Love. I'm sorry, Jordan Brooks. I had him like a third or fourth round draft grade, and his name went before Queen. Like that. That's that's really what it is. It's before Queen. Crazy. Come on, Pete Carroll. Yeah, like I, yeah, I thought guys like uh, Epinesa was a little bit more, uh, a more of a safety net guy you could take and be like, all right, we know what we're gonna get. Let's go with that. Or they have already good corners, so I didn't really see you know like a Fulton or a Diggs or something like that going there. Uh, I mean, even could have went Bond or somebody like that, but when I saw Jordan Brooks, I'm like, this is a, a huge surprise. 
And I guess we were right, man. When we when we did our mop, we had um, dang, I just said his name. We had him falling to thirty two in our draft, yeah. and, and he ain't <laughs> drafted, man. Hey, he, he didn't he didn't go first. Day. Christian Fulton, what did you do? What did you do? What did you do? That's crazy. He fell in both yeah, drafts. We, hey, we, that's, that's crazy. Hey, we got it right, man. We we did get that right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, so day two, I'm looking forward to. Um, I want to see where T Higgins goes. I'm excited about him. Dylan of course, Hurts. plenty. Yeah. Him, of course, plenty of RBs gonna be off the board. Um, they still got some good secondary guys like Winfield, uh, Diggs. So, but Kenny's still on the board. So I want to see what happens in the second round, man. Yeah, and Vanessa, I didn't mention him. He's still on the board too. Josh Jones still on the board. We said we said but earlier in the show, um, during during the live show part portion that we said we're gonna find out whether Seattle or Tennessee are out on Clowney, and in the first round we, we realized they're not. So. Uh, linebacker Jordan Brooks to Seattle, and then Tennessee getting the tackle. So we're going we're going to find out if they go Epineza or they they trade for gross models. Uh, they leading they leading the climb door wide open. Yeah, they definitely are, man. They went, he's a he's a uh, a big time player, so you don't want to give up on it too easy, but it has to be at the right price. Definitely. All right, y'all. That's preach, Gary. Preach with Rashad. He's the man who would be Taoiseach. But how would Micheál Martin lead Ireland in the time of coronavirus? In this week's Sunday Independent, the Fianna Fáil leader sets out his stall in an exclusive interview. Sean O'Rourke gives his first interview since announcing his retirement from OTE. Plus Kira Kelly and Colm O'Rourke on the leaving cert debacle. And in life, Maura Duran on keeping the nation entertained in a time of crisis. The Sunday Independent. Real stories worth paying for. In print or subscribe at independent.ie. You know, as different as everything seems this holiday season, one thing still holds true year after year. Everybody loves holiday scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. And with tickets available from $1 to $20, they're the perfect gift for anyone on your list 18 years or older. So, stay safe this year and play it safe with your gift-giving. Give scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. It's Donato's new Bacon Duo pizzas. Two pizzas, each with two kinds of bacon. Try the new Pepperoni Bacon Duo with pepperoni, Canadian bacon, and hardwood smoked bacon. And the Chipotle Bacon Duo with Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Now get $2 off a large Bacon Duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. 